Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello and welcome everyone to the Future Tech Podcast. My name is Josh Thomas and I'm here with Andrew Broff and Alex Alexandrov from coinpayments.net, which is a digital asset payment processor. Hello, gentlemen. How's it going? Good to be here. It's going fantastic. And so uh, talk to me a little bit about uh, coin payments, uh, digital asset payment processor. Um, You know, I know what all those words mean. Uh, but when we put them together, it means something entirely different. Talk to me about how it works. Right. So um, our company solves a problem uh, right now with the uh, with the merchants that want to accept digital currencies such as Bitcoin, Litecoin, Dogecoin, Dashcoin, Ethereum, and so on and so forth. Uh, the real problem out there right now is all the payment processors that work in this space generally focus on one or two coins in general. So Bitcoin be number one. And some accept Ethereum, some accept, you know, Doge or Litecoin we're seeing, but not, none of them really offer the level of support that Coin Payments offers at the moment. We allow people to accept over 115 coins right now, and they get to choose which ones they want. They get to basically select them from their uh, admin panel. They can also select which ones they want to convert into other coins as they come in on an individual basis. Uh, which ones they want to put on their cold storage, which ones they want to keep in the hot wallet, and so on and so forth. So we give quite a lot of flexibility and functionality for anyone who wants to enter the space and interact with their customers in uh, digital assets. Interesting. So 115 coins, that's, uh, that's uh, quite, a, quite a bit of uh, back-end development required on that. Talk mm-hmm. to me about how, how, did you, uh, how did you handle that? Yeah, one day at a time. Um, it's, definitely, it's definitely a lot of work on our end. But uh, you know, it's, once you start opening up doors to all the digital currencies like we did in the beginning in 2013 when the company got formed, it started off with just a few coins, and then quickly we realized that uh, people are going to keep asking us to add their coins to our system. And so we had to create a few ways of filtering which coins we will add, which ones we will reject, and you know, not to be biased uh, towards any anyone's project because uh, it's really hard to tell, especially in the beginning, what the intentions with each coin you know is. Is it just you know financial gain, or is it really a project that's going to be something long term and really going to benefit the community? It's hard to tell when the coin gets launched. So what we have to do is uh, we kind of give a lot of coins a chance by adding them for 90 days, seeing if there's actual volume uh, that backs it up from users transacting in it. There's really volume used on the wallet system, on the conversion side. If there is, you know, we're great. We'll leave it on. And so what happens is those coins kind of stay on. A lot of them come and go, of course. So I'd stay at 115, you know, the bottom 40 change quite rapidly. 
So every few months we'll remove some, add something else, and so on and so forth. But the core 60 are have remained the same and it's sort of built up over the years. So that core group of coins that are probably here to stay, I don't see them going anywhere anytime soon. And so what we do to filter them, to be more specific, is we allow people to vote on a monthly basis via, uh, you know, they cast their votes by donating a small amount of cryptocurrency. So it's not, you know, discourage cheating and things like that. We donate that money to Electronic Frontier Foundation. So we're not really interested in the cash that it raises. It's more to keep everybody honest. And um, if they win the vote, we add them. And also, if they want to just pay us straight up, they can pay us, uh, I believe right now, $10,000 for 90 days t- trial. So they can pay us. We'll add it. They still have to be in a certain coin market cap position. I mean, if they're like number 400 and their market cap is $2 million, we're probably not going to touch it even if they pay us because that's just not really worth the time. Yeah, it's hardly anyone will definitely use it, really. So we can see that just by looking at the ranking sometimes. But if it's, you know, in the top 200 um, and they want to pay and they just never want popular vote, but they want to be on our system and see how they do on it, sure, why not? We'll, we'll basically charge them hosting fees. So that's another model of how they get at it. And, you know, if they want to keep paying for the server space, we'll keep them on. So uh, let's talk about the uh, the practical application of this for a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this is a, a digital asset payment processor for uh, any kind of retail store. So if I were to walk into a you know, sporting goods store and wanted to buy some uh, some tennis shoes or something, mm-hmm. uh, you you would interact with uh, with them and set up a payment processor so, so that I could buy those with crypto. Um, retail stores. At the moment, I'd say are not really our primary target, and the reason for that is retail stores in general are um, don't really have the margins required to really accept tri- tri- and, and accept payments in crypto. Uh, some do, but generally speaking, it's it's a bit slower process if you're paying with crypto than it is to pay with a card right now. You don't want to have a line of people trying to pull out their phone and pay with a QR code when you have a line of people who are going to NFC tap their card and get out of there quickly, right? So you're just going to slow down the checkout process. But it is the way I see it until the technology gets to the NFC payment systems for crypto, which actually being worked on by us in the background right now with the foundation of Syscoin. We're building something like that right now to maybe allow us to do that in the future. When that's ready, we'll target retail a little bit harder. Because then, you know, the, the speed of checkout is really critical when you, when, you, when you're dealing with retail. However, so, um, so who would be who would be an ideal uh, client online. for your service? Mm, yeah, so so online merchants for sure. Because uh, you know, okay. customers at home and found a computer, they got all this time in the world, right? So they see a QR code, they're already in front of their computer. Everything's in front of them. They just enter their password and they pay. So it's no different than paying with PayPal essentially, or anything like that. Um, it's, but it's just as difficult to pay with PayPal and retail as it would be to pay with crypto, right? So the one uh, chief difference is between us and PayPal is that we currently hold 115 different digital currencies in our, in our wallet, which is one of the main selling points of the versatility of our actual merchant plugin um, uh, portion. Just because, like, if you want to pay with, like, Bitcoin or if you want to pay with, like, Ethereum, which are the two most widely adopted forms of cryptocurrency right now, you, there's usually already, like, that infrastructure in place for payment processors at point of sales. However, if, you, if you're if you carrying, like, a coin that's in the top 50, yeah. you know, like Dash or something, like, 
the, the liquidity isn't nearly as high. So the one great thing about our platform is that like with our payment processor, we accept all 115 at the point of sale, as opposed to it just having to be converted over to Bitcoin or Ethereum in order to complete the transaction. So, all right, let's let's take another example here. If I'm mm-hmm. if I'm an e-commerce uh, yep. owner and mm-hmm. I want to use your solution here, uh, do do I need to open up a wallet and be able to store all of these different kinds of currencies, or can you convert that to a, a fiat currency for me immediately? So, yeah, some other or some other crypto. Well, here's the thing. Our whole goal from day one was to uh, you know separate ourselves from the companies in the space who are trying to be as quick as possible at converting crypto into fiat like some of our competitors because um, we just generally disagree with that whole notion. We believe that um, eventually nobody will need to convert their crypto and we're kind of trying to build a world in which that's not required. We want people to stay in crypto, not get out of it as fast as possible, right? Um, so we don't want to be the bridge that allows vendors to contribute to the people getting out of crypto because then basically people who held their crypto for years buying the product guarantee that that crypto is going to exit, right? <laughs> um, we don't necessarily want that. We, we kind of build an ecosystem in which, yes, we provide those wallets to answer your question. So when you log into our system, all 115 wallets are available to you with one login password combination. So it's all within one ecosystem and you can start accepting all of them without having to configure anything. Um, we even make it simpler. You can register a pay by name for like a dollar um, and pay by name is a dollar sign, whatever username you give yourself. So mine is dollar sign Alex. Now you can send 115 different coins to the same dollar saying Alex without having to ask me for my address or make a mistake sending it to the wrong address. Our system just corrects everything and puts it in the right place. Then what we do beyond that is we also offer vaults. So we'll provide cold storage. So you can take those coins and if you want to keep them somewhere safe long-term, you can cold store them with us or you can withdraw them and put them in your own cold storage wallet like Trezor or Ledger. Or you know you can print out, print out your own if you're computer savvy. So essentially... Our system is tailored and, and geared towards people who are going to come in, interact, and stay in crypto. We don't. We, we have no plans of adding fiat settlements. What we do for that, for those who insist on having to do that, is we allow people to integrate their Coinbase API key into our accounts on our system. And then basically what they will do is we'll accept all the same cryptocurrencies. We'll then convert it to Bitcoin, push it to a Coinbase, out of, out of sell there, and push it to your bank account if you set it up with them. And then we do the same thing with CoinMotion in EU, so all of EU countries. Um, and then we have a couple other partners around the world, which I can't remember right now because we change all the time. <laughs> but yeah, we, those are the two main ones, yeah. So we work with exchanges that come our way and want to work with us this way for their jurisdiction. And they do KYC. We send people over there. They do full AML, everything. Once it's ready, they just import the API key and we complete the loop. But we have no plans of doing that. And we also firmly believe it eventually won't be unnecessary. So we don't want to spend money on that. Okay, understood. Uh, and so uh, it's it's a in, in a way uh, just sitting right here in, at the beginning of 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a that's a big bold bet um, yeah. because the the state of the industry is the payment processors are you know some of them are building it to where you can accept the crypto and it's immediately transferred into fiat. Correct. You're, yeah. you're going the opposite way. Exactly. Um, so. And we've been doing that since 2013. That was a bold bet. That's actually less of a bold bet now than it was when we right. first did it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Understood. Understood. So uh, so since 2013, wow, five years, um, 
you know, yeah, we were a little ahead of time. Yeah, <laughs> the the two of you have have certainly seen a lot of changes in the industry. What have what are some of the the notable trends that you've noticed in that time? Um, well, the altcoins are no longer blasphemous to talk about at yeah. Bitcoin conferences. <laughs> that that used to be a big no no. Um, basically, it's kind of funny, but back in 2014, 2013, when Coinbase got started going to cryptocurrencies and saying, "Hey, we accept Litecoin and we accept like you know." TerraCoin at the time, PureCoin, PrimeCoin, all those coins. Everyone's just like, why would you do that? Why would you do that? And they would just get mad at you because they felt like you were like attacking Bitcoin by doing such things. So the attitude, and we were kind of, you know, like whatever. I guess we we had our own perspective, which was, you know, all, cryptocurrency up on its own is a decentralized project, and, and it's supposed to be powered by the fact that people are using it. So as long as people are transacting in it, it makes it real. Um, so why should we not apply the same rules to other cryptocurrencies in which people transact in and also open source? Just because they're near copycats with some changes, in some ways, I understand why there was anger towards that. But at the same time, you know, it's a different niche market, completely, completely different use cases of some of these coins, and, and they fix different problems that Bitcoin does not address. So to just dismiss them entirely was something that I couldn't do, and we decided not to. And that's why we decided to support them. And as long as... Uh, in our criteria is where as long as people are using it and there's value, we'll let people transact in it because who are we to stop them, right? We're kind of, that was kind of our narrative with this whole industry and we decided to stick with it and create a bunch of enemies at the beginning. But what has changed the last few years drastically is that thanks to Ethereum and um, thanks to uh, Dash's success as well, people are kind of looking at it now like, you know what, you know, on Ripple as well, as much as I don't really like Ripple, but uh <laughs> As my, uh, you know, all these coins sort of open doors for dialogue about altcoins being here to stay and something that's really going to, you know, is going nowhere but up and uh, it's going to be only multiplying over time and we're going to see more and more of these coins. So the, so the dialogue has changed towards altcoins. So, yeah, and that's and that's a great uh, that's a great response to my question. And I, I hadn't really heard that perspective before, although I I'd certainly agree with you. Uh, and uh, so you're kind of you're kind of something of the the champion of all coins right now because you're supporting over 115 different coins. Right. Uh, that that has to have been difficult to put together. Oh. Uh, talk to me about some of the challenges that you've faced here in in making all of this work seamlessly. Yeah. Um Wow, where did it begin? I mean, it's definitely been difficult because uh, you know we had we, we at the beginning in 2013, 2014. I remember our company got going. We weren't really funded. We never really went out there to get lots of funding. We we did a little bank the future run for about 275 grand or something like that for three percent of the company, uh, and that was great. That helped us a lot because we got at a really low level. Bitcoin was low, and then Bitcoin just kept rising. We kept it in Bitcoin, which is a decision we decided to make and make a bet on it because we looked at it as if like it's not really enough money for us to sustain ourselves in the form of fiat but if we're kept in bitcoin it might just be and that bad worked out uh, that 275 grand it turned to like 1.5 million the same year and was kind of infinite supply of money for us for for marketing and you know keeping the lights on and because we were supporting so many altcoins and the usability just wasn't there for the first few years so we're making this long bet People were kind of going to BitPay and Coinbase and I like companies around the world that did fiat conversions right away and focused on primarily on Bitcoin. So a lot of our bulk of our business was going there. And then what didn't help was BitPay changing their fee structure to make it, you know, free for a little bit for a little bit there. 
And uh, I remember we lost about 80% of our volume for about six months. And we, again, almost turned the lights off, but we decided to stay on. There was just sort of, it was definitely like a struggle from the financial side. Uh, so we, it was definitely a long bet for us. But we just believe that, you know, altcoins and bitcoins, uh, Bitcoin and all the altcoins will will sort of, uh, will get more adoption as the time comes. Because just, I just couldn't imagine that it wouldn't. Because from what we analyzed and what we saw, how the markets are growing, Bitcoin goes up, let's say 10x in the year. Like altcoins go up 100x because of, uh, you know, they kind of almost get a leverage on Bitcoin. Because people who make money on Bitcoin then diversify into altcoins and then they get a much bigger lift as a result. So eventually the adoption for merchant side had to come and we kind of kept waiting for it and waiting for it. And uh, last year it finally came and now we're pretty happy about the bet we made. And now we're seeing, you know, where in the beginning Bitcoin transactions accounted for, I'd say, 99% of transactions in our system. Now Bitcoin's accounting maybe for only 60. Um, and that's a huge difference. And, and that literally went from 99% to, you know, just 60% in the last two years, really rapidly, almost overnight when Ethereum made, you know, well, I guess when ICO started with Ethereum, that was kind of a big driver for all of this. And to make everything work seamlessly on our system, you know, that's, that's the credit to all of our developers uh, that can't even, you know, we, we come up with ideas, we we discuss them. We try to, you know, make them as flawed as they could possibly be. Analyze every angle, but it all comes down to development at the end. And our guys, they're absolute geniuses, and I would say the best in the industry. I love our guys. Our development team's amazing. So we, um, we're really happy to have them, and they're, you know, they're basically what the glue that stitched this all together. Yeah, they're the foundation of our company, without question. Yeah. Well, yeah, it sounds like it with with uh, with such a tall order and a bold bet. You know, you got to yeah. have the uh, technology to back it up. And, and so, exactly. you know, you, I always like to ask this question. You've you've already kind of half answered it, mm-hmm. but uh, the the future of digital payments. Yeah. Uh, what what is your perspective on that? I know that you're long yeah. on crypto, and and you're thinking, well, why should we even convert it to fiat? But it, could you add a little bit of color to that? What what happens in the next twelve months? What happens in the next five years? Um, sure, twelve months is harder than I would say than five years <laughs> <laughs> in this industry. But you know, twelve months, I would say we're going to start seeing all the ERC twenty tokens becoming more of a payment thing uh, because last year, what I would call twenty seventeen, the ICO year. Um, and that year raised a lot of funds for some dubious projects, some good projects. Um, a lot of tokens were created as a result of it. And uh, in 2018, we're going to start seeing some of these projects actually come into fruition, hopefully, uh, yeah. um, as long as they keep up to their milestones. But at least some will. And we'll start seeing the RC20 market starting to become, you know, another metric of payment, another, another you know, coin or alternative way of payment in the altcoin space. So that's and that's why we kind of expanded our wallet to support most of them now, and we're preparing to allow them to be used for payments for at a checkout level, and that's kind of a weird thing. But you know, now we're starting to see digital assets become coins of their own, which is pretty quite interesting trend. I didn't see that really happening years ago. It wasn't something that we thought would ever happen, but it did. Uh, five years from now, I really see. Give me some, before we get into that, give yeah. me some example of what you just said, digital assets becoming coins. Yeah, so, you know, there's all these ICOs that have raised money. Um, some of the examples of these coins, Ether tokens, for example, would be, you know, just, just looking at our support list here, right here. So we got like, you know, the, the Bancor Network token, right? We got the, uh, oh man, EOS, 
golem. Uh, we got uh, storage tokens and so on and so forth. And then Azorum, which is like a gold project. So these tokens on the RSC20 that are well, Azorum, for example, uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly. It starts with an X, so it's always hard to predict how they want to pronounce it. But anyway, Zorum um, is a coin that you basically deposit money in crypto, and then they give you these tokens, which are equivalent to the gold deposits they hold in their vault. So that's supposed to be like a gold standard token. It's a cool idea. Um, I looked through it. I not, myself not a holder of it, nor am I promoting it. I'm just saying that you know I'm just going to start just looking at our volume, starting to see people using it. And I think that's going to become more of a thing. It's like Tether USD. You know, it's a, Tether is not ERC-20. Tether is built on Omnilayer. But that's become a real, probably the most prominent asset alternative to altcoin out there right now. Exchanges use it. You know, it's become really popular, even though I personally don't trust it. But, you know, it's just one of those things out there. Basically, we're going to see we're going to see more and more of this happening this year. So some are going to be good. Some are going to be bad, just like with cryptocurrencies. But... But that said, it, it's going to become an, another another way of paying pretty quickly here this year. And that's why a lot of people bought them at ICO levels, right? That was the hope, I suppose, for people who are investing in these projects, that they'll be able to trade them or transact in them in upcoming years. And I think 2018 is the year we'll actually start seeing them being released and used in the wild. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough answer. And so and I interrupted you and you were about to tell me the, the five-year outlook. I'm just very- oh, yeah. Yeah. So the fi- five years, I think we're going to start seeing... Uh, you know, new type of coins coming out. You know, we're starting to talk about there. There's new ways of scalability that are coming out that are not necessarily compatible with the current current coins without doing hard forks. And we're going to start seeing the whole I would call a 3.0 versions of cryptocurrency starting to roll out. One of them, as you mentioned, would be like MateSafe. They've been working on their project for about 11 years, and uh, I think they're you know 2018 sort of the roadmap year for their release of the actual safe coin, which is a decentralized internet attempt i really think and from what i've seen of their development chain is that it's probably the closest one to accomplishing it than anything else out there right now um and that's going to be a coin that doesn't even have a blockchain because you don't really need it in a fully decentralized network because the network itself is fully decentralized so you don't need to really decentralize a ledger when the you know when the network is decentralized itself so that kind of thing that kind of thing is going to really open up scalability issues uh, and push it to the next level uh, in, in a good way, meaning like that it's going to eliminate a lot of problems that we're having with, you know, transactions per second on the blockchains that we currently have. Then you also have Hashgraph um, for the, it's, it's still a blockchain type system, but it's much faster and more optimized. So we're going to start seeing coin coming out, coins coming out using, uh, using that technology. And we're probably going to see, more and more of that stuff rolling out the next few years. So what I'm saying in the next five years, we're going to see coins that don't exist right now. They're going to be probably bigger than the ones that we see right now. So we're going to have a big shift is what I'm trying to say in the next five years in cryptocurrency from what I'm seeing. I'm pretty sure Bitcoin, you know, is going to always going to be the king in the gold standards just because it's a legacy coin. But Bitcoin, honestly speaking, it, it, it's slow. It's got issues. You know, it, it's it's scalability nightmare. At the moment, the fees are high. You know, they're a little bit slow in rolling out uh, fixes to all these issues. And as a result, we have Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin Gold and 20 other forks that have come out recently just trying to capitalize on making free coins by forking it endlessly. And I think that's actually stop, stopping to work now because we noticed the last one forked and their value is just non-existent. So they kind of stopped doing that. Now they're doing forks on Bitcoin Cash, with Bitcoin Candy coming out and so on and so forth. I mean, it's kind of getting silly at this point. So I think that. I think in the next five years, that's all going to start um, 
replacing itself with just better technology coins that are going to start replacing, you know, legacy coins that are not being able to fix the issues that they had to fix. As we wrap up here, uh, tell us about um, who should who should use coin payments and uh, where can we learn more information about it? <clears throat> who should use coin payments? Well, I mean, everybody really. I rec- the reason why, and, and I mean it, is you know, if, if you just want to accept some payments online, if you want to accept donations, if you're a charity, you know, why be biased with money essentially, right? Accept whatever you can, whatever, you know, if people come into your website, if you have any traffic, if they have some cryptocurrency and they're willing to part with it, why wouldn't you want to take it? Why would you want to lose business and have them go somewhere else, convert and come back to accept and pay you only what you accept? So that, you know, I, I believe that uh, customer, they don't have a really, really short attention span. So if you tell them to go somewhere and to come back, chances are they're not going to come back. So that with charities as well, um, you know, you want to be able to, I don't understand why charities even, you know, pick what they accept. They should just take everything, you know, um, especially if, you know, they have having problems fundraising, they should just uh, accept the whole thing. And uh, overall, people who want to invest and into multiple cryptocurrencies, but don't know much about the space and they don't know how to secure their wallets and they're, you know, they're playing with small amounts. I, I'd recommend them using our system because it's easier to manage with just one login and password. Also, if you forgot your password, there's ways to reset it. If you create your own wallet uh, and you don't really know what you're doing, you can be, you know, another victim of forgetting your own password and not being able to recover your coins, which is really, really sad and happens all the time. So we're, our system is kind of tailored to pretty much all the average users out there. You know, if you're if you're a really high end user, I wouldn't recommend our system to you. But you know, that's that's a really small amount of people out there. For average user, intermediate crypto trader, um, our system is perfect for them for pretty much most of their needs. So we're we definitely fit right with majority of people in this space. Very good, and uh, so we can. Uh... Get access to that at coinpayments.net, yes? Yep, .net, .com, .info. I think we own all of them. We just stuck with .net because we decided to be weird and not do .com because everybody okay. uses .com. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> totally, so yeah. Coinpayments.net or coinpayments.com. Very good. Correct. And yeah. Yeah. so Andrew Broff and Alex Alexandrov from coinpayments.net. Uh, yeah. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, that's uh, That'll do it here for this episode of the Future Tech Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, both to review to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.